Hello and welcome to Minisode 10 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a horror writer and occasional doer of musical things. And I, as ever, am your old pal, Andy Stewart. And what do you do? <laughs> I make films in that. Ah, cool. How's it going, man? You right? I'm pretty good, yeah, yeah, yourself? I'm good, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, busy week? Uh, yeah, it's been okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're over the hill now, though. We're in double digits. Yeah. Yep. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, been around Who the knew we would get this far? I know. Yeah, I, know. I, can't, I, mean, I kind of hoped we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to all the naysayers out there. Yeah. <laughs> they'll never make it they'll past ne- nine, yeah, they said. They'll never make ten episodes. No way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, here we are. We've done it. We thumb our nose at you. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a busy week, you say, but yeah. made time to watch anything? Yes, I have. Okay. Actually, Mitchell, I uh, popped out earlier in the week and I picked up the freshly released Arrow video Blu-ray of Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson's The Endless. Ooh. Which I know that you've seen. I know you caught that at Celluloid Screams. Yeah, I was lucky. I caught it, yeah, I caught it at Celluloid last year. What was your take? What did you think? Oh, I loved it. It's great, isn't Yeah, it? I thought it was excellent. I didn't really have any worries that I wouldn't enjoy it. No, their track record's pretty, uh, yeah, pretty strong. Yeah, it exists in the same world as their first feature film, Resolution. I haven't. That's um, the only one I haven't seen. Well, I tell you what, I'll do because the Arrow video release comes with Resolution as well. Oh, does it? That's cool. So I will give you my uh, copy of Resolution on DVD. You are some guy. Yes, indeed. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's essential to have seen Resolution to enjoy the Endless. Well, I can confirm that. Yeah. But uh, I think once you do, or once you have seen Resolution, it adds even more to The Endless. Okay. So I would advise if you're going to do it, if you're going to watch The Endless again, then certainly watch Resolution. Double feature it? Yeah, why not? Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. But yeah, big thumbs up for me. Recommended. Yeah, it's cracking. Yeah. I have one for this week. Also, to mention another podcast, but I'm about to... I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but I'm I'm going to watch the Shockwaves 100. Oh, right, okay. Jeez, uh, that's an undertaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for those that don't know, Shockwaves is a podcast we're both fans of. Yeah, I think podcasts should be uh, more aware of uh, other podcasts out there, and you should be you should be supporting other podcasts as well. I yeah, think. and that's something that we haven't done that much, with the exception no. of talking about, the po- obviously, the podcast on the stairs yeah. when uh, Duncan was Duncan on. on. Yeah. But yeah, no, uh, Shockwaves is brilliant. Uh, I mean, I don't. You probably don't need to hear that from us, but mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's brilliant. And uh, for their hundredth episode, they did a list of a hundred films that all four presenters agreed on, or a minimum of three, I believe. But yeah. like, uh, yeah, all all four presenters agreed on. And I looked at, it and I was kind of just, it was just off the back of uh, the chat we had with uh, Heather Buckley mm-hmm. last week, which was great, by the way. Superb. Yep. Yeah. Thanks again, the- to Heather, for coming on and doing that. Yeah, on the ninth configuration, that was fun. That was a lot of fun, <laughs> but um, it was kind of it kind of made me think. I was like, "Fuck, man!" For somebody who co-hosts a horror podcast, I have a podcast. Podcast. <laughs> um, I have not seen enough films. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, I need to start remedying this, and I thought, this don't is- do it too much, though, because I like watching you discover things. I like watching you watch things. Well, the thing about the Shockwaves One Hundred is that they'll probably all be things that might not appear like on this show. Yeah. You know. But yeah, I'm going to start doing that, but I haven't had time to do that yet this week. I don't know whether I'm going to do it chronologically, alphabetically yet, or okay. if I just do them at random. But yeah, 100 films, some of which I've seen, some I haven't, but I'm going to rewatch or watch them all. Right, okay. Uh, so that'll probably take me about two years, given the rate that I catch up with stuff, <laughs> but I'll do my best. Uh, so no, I haven't done any of that yet, but what I did do right before I came here, I went to see, uh, I went to the cinema to see The First Purge. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I totally knew where you were going with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it's, so it's the fourth yeah. Uh, it's the only. It's the first one to not be directed by James DeMonaco. Yep, that's true. Uh, but he did still right. write. Mm-hmm. So, quick overview of where I'm at with the series so far. 
first film, I mean, like I said, and I don't think that at this point we need to dig in too much mm-hmm. to what the purge is. No, no, no. I think basic uh, conceit of it. I think everyone yeah. out there knows. But um, so yeah, the first episode, no, the first uh, film entry. Yes, the first entry. Thank you. Uh, I thought pretty solid home invasion thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, I would agree. Yeah, performance is pretty good. I kind of am of the opinion that the central conceit of these films is a little bit ropey, but it's just a train you have to admit to get you have to commit to getting on. Okay. And uh, if you do, there's a lot of fun to be had. So that I just did that, especially with uh, the Purge Anarchy, the second film, which was obviously way more of an action film, was much broader in scale. Yeah, I like, really liked the Purge Anarchy. It was brilliant. Yeah. I thought, like, if, like I, in in terms of just kind of being just absolutely just like big bombastic fun mm-hmm. that was great also it kind of it gave the series what it needed which I think was kind of like a kind of figurehead character Frank Grillo's Frank character. Grillo yeah Leo, Leo Barnes I think the character's name is um, so yeah that was great and then there was the Purge election year from la- uh, 2016 which I did not like <laughs> I think that's the general consensus I haven't seen it I think the general consensus is that it's weaker certainly but yeah I had a few problems with it mostly because it was kind of setting itself it's setting its stall out to be a political film. And obviously, I think it came out in October of 2016, there or thereabouts. Right the election was in November, yeah. So it kind of, it went in with this kind of very pronounced political bent and it set itself, uh, it set its stall out in well. that way. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and I think that if you do that, then fine. But if you are setting your stall out to be a politically minded action film, which that film did, you don't have election year in the title without doing that. <laughs> then I don't think that there is... I don't think there's any excuse for that element of it to be handled badly, and I think that that was my problem with the Purge election year. I thought that the set pieces and that were still fun, the kind of mad iconography when you're out in the street looked great. When it basically any time that you had to enjoy it on any level beyond that, it fell down. <laughs> and my problem with that is that I think that it tried to introduce this political strand, and handled it in a way that I just thought was exceptionally bad. <laughs> See, that's why I would never write anything with any kind of political background. It's, it's, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It didn't have to be the... It <laughs> did, just come but, across but, like a total but wank. It, it didn't have to be fucking the Ides of March. Yeah, that's true. Like, it just... But I think that it just needed to be a little bit smarter than it was. Mm-hmm. But the problem was that it... So, it... Kind of like this kind of faux intellectualism about politics that is really... Like I said, it's really badly done. But also... So, it doesn't work in that way. But also, there's enough of that to derail your enjoyment of it as a big brainless action film, which ideally is what you were signing up for. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't have minded it being a politically-minded action film at all. In fact, that done well was great. But it wasn't, and that was the problem. So, so Purge Election Year, turned. Uh In my estimation, yes. Excellent. Uh, right, okay, yes. now. I, I, I would venture pish. Right. Um, <laughs> and I would say, similarly, the first Purge, I, would, it's, I, don't, another thing, I don't know if it's necessarily worse. Right, but it takes a lot of the problems I had with the Purge election year, and definitely, it doesn't remedy any of them. I think that, like, and if anything, they're kind of becoming something of a badge of, badge of honor, and that is really wrangling. <laughs> 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 uh, because yeah, I mean, again, it's the promotional stuff for this was transparently alluding to Trump, the American political climate, and so on. I mean, like, there was a what was obviously supposed to be a "Make America Great Again" hat. On the poster. On the first poster. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw all this stuff, I mean, I, you know, I, I've, I've liked more than I've disliked in that series going into this. I was like, oh, you never know. This might work. They might pull it off. Uh, they do not. Well, there you go. Um, and it's, for, it's exactly the same reasons again. In that, I think that every attempt to engage with the political stuff in there is 
really poorly done. I think that like it's reach exceeds its grasp massively <laughs> in terms of uh, its political ambitions. Okay. Um, but the problem with it is again that it does that so earnestly and so often that you can't enjoy it on a superficial level either. Okay. I, um, so I think that by both uh, the Purge election year and uh, the first Purge, try to do both things and ultimately come out being neither. And what you're left with are two films that I think, well, they're just, I just don't like either of them. And it, just, and it just, it makes me, it makes me long for the kind of blunt force brashness of the Purge Anarchy. Yeah. Which I, I think, can understand that. Yeah. Because that, that was kind of, that was, that was peak Purge for me. But, what do I know? I'll tell you why I know, Andy. I know fuck all. Yeah. yeah uh, that's true. That's what. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> and our opinions ultimately are worthless. That's true. Uh, yeah, just like everyone else's. Right, let's um, take a wee look ahead to this week. Yeah. Uh, an exciting one coming up. Yes, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, so, same again, get, I'll do the guest you do the film. Yes, please. Sweet. Right, so this week's guest, I'm really happy this guy's joining us. Yeah, yeah, uh, this, is, this is cool. He's one of the, for my money, he's one of the freshest new voices in horror over mm-hmm. the last couple of years uh you know him best from the feature films patchwork and tragedy girls yeah this week we are joined by tyler mcintyre excellent stuff yeah superb and uh, he has chosen an absolute screamer of a film as well <laughs> for uh for purpose or at least inevitably i haven't seen it but um it looks promising <laughs> <laughs> yep and it's over to me then yep it's uh, 1992 it's yep. John Carpenter again. Oh, it's Chevy Chase. It's oh. Daryl Hannah. It's Sam Neill. It's Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Outstanding. Okay, so more Carpenter. We're back in Carpenter territory. Yeah, uh, yeah. Something a little bit different. It's still fresh from in the mouth of madness. We're uh, we're going back in yeah. on Memoirs of an Invisible Man and more Sam Neill as well, which you can never have too much of. It's great. <laughs> so be sure to join us this Friday. We have got Tyler McIntyre uh, joining us to discuss Memoirs of an Invisible Man. And in the meantime, please do get in touch. Now, uh, before we get into this, just want to say that we have kind of basically decided to migrate the feedback section into mm-hmm. the minisodes going forward. So we... I'd be looking to try and get that going from the next minisode. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just, so the chances are that we will skip out on feedback at the end of the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but please keep doing it. Because yeah, absolutely. Keep it, yeah. your comments and stuff coming because they, they are coming back. They're just being re- relocated. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But, but to do that, we had to kind of, by its nature, have a kind of lie week where we left it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, please do keep getting in touch. And if you want to do that, you can get us on Facebook and Instagram at Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can mm-hmm. also tweet us at Strong Violent PC. And you can email stronglanguagevalentscenes at gmail.com. You can listen to us on Stitcher, yep. Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes, mm-hmm. Uh, Google Podcasts app, uh-huh. and of course Podbean. Podbean. Yeah. Our spiritual and actual home. Yes, indeed. So that's it for another mini-sode, I guess. Uh, yeah. Be sure to join us Friday, 8 a.m. GMT. Tyler McIntyre joins us to discuss John Carpenter's 1992 film, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Join us then if you can, and in the meantime, don't forget that it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Good night. Good night, all.